Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, welcome back to another episode of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Robbins. I am the founder and managing director of an organization called the Anthony Michael Group, a search firm that helps companies across the medtech sector, including medical device, digital health, and diagnostics to build best-in-class technical teams, areas like regulatory affairs and quality engineering, et cetera. And we have this podcast where we talk all things talent within the industry, interviewing best-in-class leaders directly from the industry. And today, this is a guy that I don't think he even knows this, but this is a guy that I've been following for the last probably three years or so indirectly. And I'm so glad that he has decided to join us uh, here on the podcast. Many have labeled him as a talent acquisition visionary. And most recently, he was recognized by CIO Views Magazine as one of the most influential leaders in the talent acquisition industry in 2022. We're speaking with Mr. Doug Fouth, the Senior Director of Global Talent Acquisition and Development at a company called Microvention. If you are unfamiliar with Microvention, the company was founded in 1997 and has pioneered the development of catheter-based, minimally invasive neuroendovascular technologies. Doug joined the company in July of 2016 after working for organizations like Ernst & Young, Broadcom Corporation, Activision Blizzard, Life Technologies, and Southern California Edison. Now, at the start of his career, which now spans over 25 plus years, Doug worked in a college uh, and university setting where he was involved in career counseling and bringing organizations on campus to interview and hire current students and then later transitioning to internal talent acquisition for companies. And uh, I'm going to joke with Doug for a minute. You know, right before the show, he said, hey, just say the talent guy's here and he's ready to go. And I think it's so true. You are the talent guy. And I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show, Doug. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Mitch. It's uh, great to be here, and I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation. I am too, man, and I really appreciate you being here. I'm excited about uh, the topic that we're going to delve into, and that really is just the innovation of talent acquisition and talent branding. Here we are in 2022, and Doug, I don't have to tell you because you you talk about it all the time, but there is just so much noise in the industry and in the world today with social media and with advertising and pop-ups and all these things that it's getting harder and harder to really help companies and help themselves rise above the noise and get in front of talent and not only get in front of them, but have their message resonate with talent and have them actually have some sort of action, right, against that message. And so I wanted to ask you, I guess, first and foremost, when it comes to this piece, you know, rising above the noise, what are you guys at Microvention doing about this? Yeah, that's a great question, Mitch. And, and I think first and foremost, it's really to... It's important to remember that you have to actually listen to your applicants and your candidates. Um, you need to really ask them, you know, what specifically that they're looking for. How do they want certain things delivered to them? Uh, what do they want that candidate experience to look like? 
something that we do here at Microvention is at least twice a year, we try to survey our applicants. So those might just be people who applied who didn't necessarily, you know, even get an interview. Candidates uh, that we do a phone screen with. We also uh, survey our folks that got an offer, but for one reason or another, they declined our offer. And then again, those that accept our offer. And that really, that, that makes sure that we are listening to what it is they're saying. And then if we need to pivot, we can go ahead and pivot. And I think the other thing that is important too is, you know, nowadays you can't just expect to, you know, post the same old boring job description and hope someone is going to apply. It's really about what differentiates our organization from your organization and so on and so forth. I hope to talk a little bit more about job descriptions a little bit later. And then finally, I would just say we spend a ton of time around branding. And it's not just the organization's brand, uh, but it's the department brand and it's also individual brands. I love that. And I, I want to ask you more, uh, more questions about the branding piece. But before I do talk, this is interesting that the surveys that you're running against applicants and people who maybe have declined the offer. I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but anything in particular, is there a common theme that's stood out to you as far as the feedback that you're getting from those surveys of what they really want, what type of experience that they are asking for? Yeah, one of the things that really stands out the most, and, and by the way, what I find, what I always find fascinating is we actually get more, we get about 42 to 46% return from people who are applicants and candidates who didn't even get through the process. And what's interesting is, you know, the people who declined our offers, you know, again, we get a very high return rate from them, but the lowest return rate on our surveys is actually people who accepted our jobs. Now, we talk to them more when they get here, but the common themes that I'm hearing are really about being able to have a good understanding of where they stand in the process. So again, if they apply, you know, is anybody looking at it? You know, want to be able to go in and take a look um, to know where I am, you know, in the process. Two is the speed at which the interviews again in today's marketplace. If you're having somebody interview with five, six, seven people, they're gone. Um, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. And, and then the other thing that we're hearing a lot of is flexibility. So the, the conversation is very real around, is this 100% remote? Is it a hybrid you know, type of situation? Or is it, you know, are you offering something that I have to be, you know, on site all the time? So again, all these are very, very process driven. These are all things that people um, can fix. And so I think, you know, that that makes it uh, that makes it helpful. But the speed and getting back and that personal touch um, is still very, very important, even though we do a lot of video interview viewing and, you know, not as much face to face and so on and so forth. You still got to have a human touch. You know, I love that. I love the, the proactiveness with these surveys and kind of leveraging that feedback to make your experience better. It's amazing. Here we are again. It is 2022. And just the idea of getting back to a candidate to let them know their application is received and what's happening next is a differentiator, which is sad, but it's true, let alone all these other things as far as the speed, you know, and the flexibility of how they're going to work and what the environment is. Couldn't agree with you more. Let's transition and talk about something that I'm really interested to get your opinion on uh, and have you discuss your philosophy, talent branding. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about you is that you recognize that when it comes to talent branding, it's not just the over organization as a whole, 
but it's really down to the micro bit of people within the company and branding individuals. Talk more about that if you would, Doug. You know, a lot of organizations have a, you know, marketing communications team, you know, people who are focused, you know, on all different aspects. But I mean, let's be honest, typically the focus is on somebody's products and or services. So about four years ago, we really wanted to focus more on the talent acquisition, very specifically talent acquisition brand. We started this by, um, ironically enough, hiring an HR communications intern. Um, And just a little side note, uh, for those of you, if you don't have a university college relations program in place, make it a priority this year. Um, It's all about growing from within. Uh, but that's that's my little plug for that. But but this individual really helped us design and develop our strategy. They uncovered a lot of areas that we really needed to put focus on. That in turn led to some brainstorming around creating specific brands and taglines for talent acquisition. The one that we came up with was innovation starts with you. And Microvention designs and man- manufactures so many innovative products for the neuroendovascular space, we thought, why not use that in our tagline? And what that really means is, is that Microvention is looking for talent that can really help drive that continuing innovation now and into the future as we continue to grow. Whether it's an intern, an entry-level engineer, or a seasoned professional, we really need their creativity, their curiosity, their different points of view to really sustain our growth uh, in the marketplace. And then finally, around branding, analytics. Um, You really need to utilize the resources around you. You So many of us in the talent acquisition space have these metrics and measurements, but so few of us really use them to help us forecast or to tell a story. And from a brand perspective, at one example, if, if you're using LinkedIn, you really should be you know, setting up monthly meetings with your LinkedIn representative to talk more about you know, company page traffic. Um, what are your click-through rates? You know, what are your influence hire rates? You know, what, what's the candidate engagement funnel look like? You know, these are all very, very important things because it really points back to the brand and whether or not you're doing something, you know, the right way. And, and again, it, it really helps you pivot um, to make the changes that you need to make. So you know, just a couple of things, you know, from a branding perspective. You know, I'll play devil's advocate for a minute because a lot of times it's easier for people to do what they feel comfortable with and what they know, even if it's not necessarily the best way forward. Meaning, and we're going to transition to talk in a minute about a job postings. But what I mean is, hey, you know, that branding sounds cool, but you know, we, we post jobs and we use LinkedIn recruiter or whatever. And, you know, we're, we're doing just fine. And yes, could we, you know, could we do a little bit better? Probably, but we know this way forward. And the devil's advocate to all the success that companies like Microvention are having with talent branding, it can seem daunting. Like, is it really worth it to like go down this road and start creating videos and start creating stories and all this. What's the return on our investment? Can you, and and that's one of the hardest things I think in marketing in general, right? Is some of this branding stuff to tie back an actual return. It, would you talk to that for a little bit um, as far as skeptics who say, ah, is it really worth it? And is this really even necessary to do for our company to move forward? Yeah. You know, you bring up a really, really good point. It's like, you know, every time you're looking at, you know, different sources and, and different ways to do things, your customers especially want to know, you know, what their ROI is. 
And that's the beauty of, you know, doing, you know, branding and utilizing some of these different resources, because you're really able to get back those very, very specific metrics around, okay, if let's take something that generally speaking, you, you pretty much don't pay for is, you know, a LinkedIn, you know, company page. Um, you know, that comes with part of your subscription and you get that. What I find really interesting is when you go out there and you look at people who do more of the static ads, which we do, you know, it's just a shot of some people. Here's what's really amazing. When we were doing that from the perspective of maybe using, you know, models or, you know, clip art or something like that versus when we did those static ads with our own actual people. And when we were talking about, let's say, you know, our, our regulatory affairs team, mm-hmm. we actually took pictures of the team, of the actual people and the click-through rates increased. The um, number of, of times that they clicked on our, our, our job board increased exponentially. You know, we are actually able to see what the return is, you know, on these particular things. And then, of course, too, you know, how many people, you know, you're hiring, you know, through LinkedIn, how many people you're hiring through your company website, you know, so on and so forth. You are actually able to say, okay, if I spent, um, let's say, $5,000 on an ad, um, you know, through LinkedIn, or, you know, I posted a video or so on and so forth. There are so many different types of things that you can see that will measure that return on investment. Take something as simple as in-mail. You know, people just go, yeah, well, you know, in-mail, it's just a, another way for recruiters to get a hold of me. Well, it's not because if you combine that with a static ad or some type of video testimonial, you are, again, differentiating your organization when you're sending that note to the, that particular individual. Instead of people hoping that people come to you, you are now pushing that message out to those particular individuals. Um, who might just be, you know, clicking through and, and, you know, they're on the internet, so on and so forth. So there definitely are some tools and there are some measurements that are available that really show what your return on investment is. So it's not like I'm just pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Hey, client, you know, you want to spend this money, it'll work for you. And then the last thing I want to talk about too is short-term success versus long-term success. And again, in the talent acquisition arena, so many of us are looking at that short term. Oh, I've got 100 job openings. You know, 10% of those are, you know, aging requisitions. They're over 90 days. I got to get them filled quickly, so on and so, so on and so forth. You also have to look at that branding and that advertising that you're doing that's going to help you long term. You're going to be able to go out and educate. I didn't know anything about microvention before I started. You know, you're educating people. They're now going, I didn't even realize microvention, you know, had a, you know, had a clinical research department. Did, didn't realize that they don't just hire engineers. Uh, I didn't realize they have a, you know, robust learning and development program. So you're educating these people. And now they might be telling somebody else or, you know, next go around, you know, when they actually are more active and looking for a job. Again, you've got that long-term investment. So you got to look at it both ways. Absolutely. No, I love it. What would you say to those that maybe don't have a huge budget, but buy into this idea that, hey, we really got to be a little bit more innovative than we have. Where would you start, Doug, if you had to start over again? You didn't have a huge budget. What, what do you think it could be the most impactful thing to start with? What if, and, and by the way, I, I didn't have a budget. And I think That's that, to know. 
I think one of the most impactful ways to to start, you know, to get, you know, to get your name out there is really, you know, talking and, and really focusing in on your culture. And again, you know, whether it's a static ad campaign, um, you know, whether you are, you know, simply, um, you know, we, we've brought uh, every year up until last year from a pandemic year. Um, we've actually brought our LinkedIn partners in to actually uh, conduct a lunch and learn. Uh, the first time we did it uh, four years ago, we were in a different building. We were in our older building. Uh, the capacity of the room was 89 people. In the first uh, 30 minutes that we posted this lunch and learn for LinkedIn to come in, and the topic was, how can I be a Microvention brand ambassador? Mm -hmm. And the goal was to show people, hey, when we post a, a job, if you just simply share that with your network, the power that that has. And so, so we had 150 people wow. who signed up and they wanted to you know, do this. So we ended up having two sessions that year and then we moved into a new building. So we were able to you know, host, host larger sessions, so on and so forth. But again, just something simple, you know, in terms of you know, when I post something, you know, send it to everybody in your department. If you've got an opening in your supply chain area, everybody in the department is a brand ambassador. So just simply, yeah. you know, reposting, you know, sharing something, so on and so forth, um, you know, on your on your personal LinkedIn, just simply updating your 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 LinkedIn profile, you know, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, you know, Twitter. I mean, there's so many different types of things that don't really cost you anything. Um, you know, it's a good way. It's a good way to get started. I love it. And you know what I've been seeing? So I think the overarching theme and the takeaway that I have from what you just said is the more personal, the more personalized, the better, the better traction you're going to get. People can resonate with it. It doesn't seem corporate, like it's a corporate entity. It seems like, oh, these are human beings. These are people I want to associate with. And that ties into what I've been seeing a lot on LinkedIn lately, which is executives or other hiring managers that are colleagues to the person with the opening are in essence giving a very quick uh, endorsement of, hey, this guy's great to work for, you know, check out his opening below, let him know. And and they're almost like endorsing it as they're sharing it, which I think is awesome too, right. because it's getting a lot of traction. Right. So for those that listen to this show, I have preached about that. I've talked about this at nauseum. I'm sure they're, they're sick of it, but just how adamant I feel about the value of what a job posting can be and what it can do if it's used correctly. Right. And how I just keep seeing all you got to do is go on any of the big boards and you'll see that over 95% of the postings look exactly the same. It's a small blurb about the company. It's a description about position, the responsibilities and the requirements and the apply button. And to tie back to what we said at the beginning of the show with the amount of noise in the industry, it's in one ear out the other. It doesn't even, sh it's like numb. People are numb to it. I want to hear how you guys are leveraging postings, what your philosophy is and, and really kind of what you're doing about leveraging that important real estate to the benefit of microvention? You know, listen, we've all made those mistakes, you know, ourselves included. And, um, you know, I look at it, um, we, we've got kind of this two-pronged approach when, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. This is just, you know, what, what we currently do right now. And we hope to change this a little bit slightly on our website. You know, on our website, when we're looking at the job postings, again, we look at the website as more of a transactional, you know, type of thing. Um, you know, people go in, take a look at something, boom, they apply, you know, they read something, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. When it comes to our postings, you know, our external postings, 
a huge change and a huge shift because what we're doing is, you know, instead of, of saying, okay, here are the job requirements, you know, here are the desired skill sets we're looking for. We, we talk about, here's what you're going to be doing. Um, here are the skills and experience that are needed for the role. How will you stand out from the crowd? And then finally, what can microvention offer you? And again, you know, talent's not going to come to your organization because you've got a ping pong table. You know, they're, they're going to come um, because your organization, you know, that they, they can have an impact on the organization day in and day out. You know, they can add value. Um, they can hopefully work in a great culture that really supports their career development. It supports their advancement. But it's about the people. And, you know, who are the people that I'm going to work with? And what is it, again, that's going to help differentiate me? And, you know, again, you know, give me some examples of, of some project work. You know, one of the things that, again, was, was really important to me when I started six years ago is kind of gave a, a shameless plug about, you know, university and campus relations programs is, you know, we had a we had an intern program and we had about seven interns. And again, when I say this, most people know what I mean by this, but it was it was like a friends and family internship program. It was like, okay, you know, this person's son or daughter or the cousin or, you know, the neighbor or so on and so forth. There was no rigor around the program, the job descriptions. It was one job description. You want to come work here in the summer. Well, our, our internship program has really evolved, but it's mostly evolved, not just with the programming that we put into it, but also with the job descriptions. We won't even let our hiring managers post a job description with us until they outline the project work and the specific things that those interns are going to be doing while they're here in the summer. And, and if it doesn't pass that particular you know, litmus test, we don't post it. So, you know, again, the projects are really the, the job description are very project based and are very, very specific, you know, without getting too long. And again, we still have some of these, but we still have some job descriptions that it's like you got to scroll through for like, you know, two or three times, you know, to get through everything again, really tightening those up, shorting those up, you know, giving people, you know, an understanding just in terms of, you know, what it is they're going to be doing. Yeah, I appreciate where you're coming from that because you're dead on, you know, like it or not, we're really in, it's a sale and it's a courting effort. And if companies are not willing to go to lengths to court somebody, they're going to lose. It's just that way. And so being able to articulate what's in it for the candidate, why should they consider this opportunity? What are they going to be exposed to? What is differentiating about this over the competitor down the street is super important. So and I appreciate you, uh, you know, you being candid and say, look, it's a work in progress. Great. The point is you're making progress and, and you are recognizing and adopting kind of, I think, the drastic change that's happening in talent acquisition. So that's awesome. You know, at the beginning, I mentioned uh, you're known as a visionary, and I truly believe that you've done a ton of stuff that I think really is cutting edge. And one of the things I found out that you're doing is an internal podcast, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at Microvention. I would love for you to, to explain, you know, what exactly you're doing, because I think it's just an unbelievable idea that I have not heard before yet. Yeah, you know, it started with our learning and development team. You know, I, I oversee our learning and development group uh, right now. And, you know, we really wanted to get more information out to our employees um, about our program offerings through some other method other than, than email. And, you know, we've, we've done some pulse surveys. You know, we've done some 
you know, focus groups. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. You know, we talked a little bit about the EVP, but you know, we have a large number of employees that are on the road. You know, they're conducting clinical trials, research. Um, they're in hospitals, monitoring procedures, et cetera. You know, they're not sitting in front of a computer 24-7. And, and we researched um, this platform called Studio. And, and as I say, the, the rest is kind of history. What we started off with was a series that we called Innovating How You Work. And so, you know, the very first, you know, it was, you know, destined, ironic, whatever, whatever word you want to use, you know, the, the, uh, the pandemic hits and the very first podcast that we had uh, was entitled Remote Work. What is it and how, how do we adjust? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the amount of people that tuned in for that podcast uh, was absolutely crazy. Um, it was like over 280 folks. And again, I, I have to have a little disclaimer here. We've got about uh, we've got about 1,200 people here in the United States. Currently, right now, our podcasts are only in English. We are going to be offering uh, some other options in Spanish. Uh, and then again, we hope to eventually get to a couple of other languages. But right now, we're averaging about 450 to 475 users, you know, for each individual, you know, podcast. We, we've done things under the innovative, uh, innovating how you work, you know, theme around managing your time, um, strategic mindset, you know, fostering a culture of engagement. Then we started looking at, okay, there have been some people in, uh, for example, who uh, work in in France and Germany with our organization, who have been doing a lot of remote work right from the get-go. And so they were doing some really, they didn't think innovative things at the time. And so they now were sharing with those of us here in the United States uh, how to actually conduct um, you know, clinical studies and to interact with um, doctors and hospitals and to still do the things that we normally did face to face that they've been doing in a remote environment, utilizing, you know, different tools and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so we started seeing some of these podcasts and then it just continued to evolve to where, you know, we started, you know, offering, you know, we would hire somebody on, um, they had just a really, um, unique, cool and interesting background. And we started doing a few podcasts just around why did you choose microvention? You know, what, awesome. what, what was it that what was it that you, you know, um, you know, what, 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 what did you like? You know, what did you see? What was your experience? And so on and so forth. So then we, you know, try to utilize those types of things, obviously, you know, from a talent acquisition perspective. We even have a channel that we call microvention wellness. And again, you know, the, the, the focus really has been, you know, mental, uh, mental health awareness. Um, again, these are very, very, you know, important things. And we also have another channel called the Data Driven Life. And that is actually hosted by our registered nurse, our onsite registered nurse, where he tears through a lot of white papers and research and so on and so forth. And, you know, provides these little 15, 20 minute snippets on here's what's going on with COVID. Here's what's going on with the new variants. You know, here's here's some more information to digest around, 
you know, around the different types of uh, uh, the different types of uh, variants and, and so on and so forth. So, again, the, you know, really, really important types of things, you know, from that perspective. That's so. And so right now, the the um, the podcast is shared internally specifically, right? Outside of maybe prospective candidates and things, but it's like an internal uh, yeah. media. Yeah. And, and, and people can actually. Depending on what the top. Right. And people can actually. That's what's really cool about this. That's what's really cool about this this you uh, studio too is like any other podcast that you get you know you load it up to your phone it automatically sends you what the new you know podcasts are and wherever you are if you're on a plane if you're driving home you know whatever you can just flip that on and you and you can listen to it so it's just so now what we're doing is we're taking it from a human resources communications perspective and saying you know if we launch some new initiative maybe we should be launching that new initiative through a podcast um, yeah. you know maybe there are some <clears throat> other avenues and different ways to do things so that's kind of kind of the the mindset so that's so awesome what a culture building initiative i think that's so awesome you know i want to wrap up with something that so i had you on the podcast for a variety of reasons and and there's just so many things that i feel like you get you get where talent acquisition is going you've been where it was where it was and i think that you really are staying on the forefront of where it's going and where it needs to continue to push towards one of those things is what I term the employer value proposition. I'm not the only one who's termed it, but I call it that. I was reading an article and you had mentioned employee value proposition. I'm like, this guy gets it. And you have basically helped spearhead, if I'm not mistaken, what, you know, summing up what is the employer value proposition for microvention. Will you talk about what that means to you and kind of the process you guys went through to kind of uh, build your employer value proposition? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the reason we call it employee value proposition is because if you're really just asking people at the top what they think. You're not including everybody. And so this is about a, a year and a half long journey. We initially started with one-on-one -on -one interviews to identify different attributes. And these attributes fell into five different categories. It was uh, work, uh, the organization, rewards, opportunity, and then the people. And so what we did was, is we talked with 20 people face-to-face, uh, -face, individual interviews uh, representing 16 different departments at all levels of the organization and various years, you know, various years in the organization. So then that led into our second focus group. And we had approximately 100 employees uh, represented, 28 different departments. Again, individual contributors, supervisors, managers, and directors and senior directors. In the second focus group, we purposefully did not include our C-suite folks. Uh, we did that on, on the first go around. Um, so what we did was we developed nine different questions and asked everyone for their feedback in these, again, uh, video uh, focus groups with, with, with groups of people. Um, and we had about uh, 10 to 12. We, we didn't want to exceed 12 people, you know, groups of individuals that, um, that were going through this. And we did, we did, I won't, I won't read all the questions, but we did things like, you know, are you satisfied with, with your current role and responsibility? Um, you know, what are your top three attributes? They just happen to be um, empowerment, respect, and integrity. Is Microvention providing you the opportunity to grow your career? How would you describe the culture at Microvention? And then the last one, you know, do you feel you go above and beyond your normal work? And if yes, uh, what motivates you to do that? So again, basically what ends up happening is, is that we created this employee. The thing that was really key is, is that um, I had the opportunity to present the findings to um, our executive 
um, staff. We then promised that anybody who participated in the focus groups, we were going to go back and we were going to break down the findings with them first, see if they had any questions, see if we may have misrepresented anything that they said, you know, so on and so forth. That was really, really key. And the reason that was key is because if you're dedicating your time to give us information, then we want to dedicate that time and turn it back around to you and, you know, be able to, you know, share with you first before we make any formal announcement to the organization. You know, and we ended up coming up with, you know, Microvention, you know, it's a place where we acknowledge and appreciate employees and where teamwork ignites innovation. And so what we do with that, we still aren't doing enough with it. Obviously, we're, we're it's something we, we want to get posted up on our website. We use it as part of our uh, what we call associate innovation orientation, which is just another acronym for a new hire orientation. Um, we share, you know, information around that EVP with those uh, individuals that are coming on board. Um, so again, there's you know more ways to do that. I'll caution people that the other thing that you want to make sure that you do is that you're revisiting that EVP yearly because, as you know, things have really changed. You know, recently, um, obviously with the pandemic and you know, the work culture and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's what we plan to do again this upcoming year. So that's so awesome. Yeah, I think it's critical that companies have an EVP because people have choices today. They just have choices. If one if a person decides that they're going to be open to an opportunity within a few days, they've got six opportunities on their plate and then they're overwhelmed because they don't know how to pare it down. And so the more that you can articulate what is the employer or employee value proposition What's so differentiating, so unique, so compelling that should stop somebody dead in their tracks, say, you know what, I want to learn more. And then you guys have summed it up into a couple of sentences, but now you have the opportunity to explain to prospective talent, what does that mean to us? How did we come up with this? What does that mean to you if you were to join us? It's super right. powerful. Right. Listen, I, this is amazing. I really, really appreciate you being here. If it's okay with you, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile as well as a link to Microvention up on the show notes. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I just want to say thank you so much for being here for all the nuggets that you shared today. And kudos to you, man. You really, you guys are doing something special over there and I wish you nothing but continued success. Mitch, it was great talking to you. Uh, always great to share. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.